Hello and welcome to In My Opinionation, a weekly Blossom watch-through podcast. I am your host, Jen, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Mallory and not Eric. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. We have a mystery guest host this week. Do you want to introduce yourself, mystery guest host? Hey, yeah, my name's uh, Tristan, and I'm here for unexplained reasons. <laughs> He just showed up. We don't yeah. even know who he is. No. <laughs> no, thanks for joining us, Tristan. Do you want to do you want to say who you are? Sure. So, uh, I'm Mallory's husband, and Aww. as far as my interactions with Blossom, I think I watched a couple of episodes when I was younger. The thing I remember is a girl who can barely dress herself, and that's about <laughs> it. So, thank you. Uh, I've been catching up and following along with the podcast and uh yeah, excited to hang out today. Uh, it's so good to have you here. Yeah. Um, so for anybody wondering, Eric obviously can't be here for the next little while. Everything's fine. Just sometimes you got a life. So he's yep. going to be back with us soon. But for now, Tristan was nice enough to step in and keep the male perspective going. So it's great to have you here. Thanks. So this week we are looking at season one, episode 11, school days with a Z or Z if you live in America need to be different. Uh, <laughs> This episode aired March 25th, 1991. It was written by Don Rio and it was directed by Zane Busby. Zane Busby. Tristan, say Zane Busby. Zane Busby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting up with this. <laughs> you are just as pumped to be here as Eric always is. <laughs> So quick summary on this episode, Blossom dreams back to when she was in private school and how she schemes to get into public school and join the band. Meanwhile, Joey plots to pass a history test. Now, I it, some trivia for this episode, because if you're watching and didn't look it up, you'd be <laughs> like, but why, though? So this episode was originally shot and planned to be the pilot of the series. Mm -hmm. The second pilot. The second, the not fake pilot. Yeah. With real, real daddy Russo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think of it that way, it makes a lot of sense. However, they chose to, for whatever reason, put this as the 11th episode. I tried to find a reason behind it. There wasn't any, I couldn't find anything. I don't no, know about you guys. I couldn't find a reason, but I, I'm pretty sure that the beginning and ending like bookends of them being like, remember that time were filmed later to make this make sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the pilot was just the middle bit. Yeah. And you can see, like, we're going to have these bookend episodes, like you said, and you can tell just how disjointed it is from the flow of the rest of the thing. So they tried their best. Yeah. It didn't work. I, I just wish I knew what the reasoning was behind it. I wonder if they ran out of time and or money. But this episode would have already been shot. I know. So they didn't have time or money to film another one to make oh. 13. Okay, I see what yeah. you're saying. Because they had, they probably had an episode order of 13 and just didn't have mm. time to do another one or money. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, it, It's interesting. For me, jumping into this was an excellent point because it has no relation to what happened just before it or after it. So mm -hmm. watching it on its own was nice because uh, it was very clear. Like, Yeah, they kind of introduced the characters a bit too. Yeah. See, that's so interesting. So you... Besides you like walking into the room when Mallory was watching, you were saying you haven't like sat down and fully watched it. So that's so interesting that it would actually help you. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good because I didn't really I, I had watched yeah over Mallory's shoulder a bit and understood who the characters were generally. Mm -hmm. But this was a good like definitely a good intro. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think the most like full scene that Tristan had ever watched was I made him watch the little Richard scene several times because oh, I find it excellent. absolutely hilarious. Excellent TV. You don't even need to watch the rest of the show. You just need to watch that yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I fully agree with that. So I this isn't really trivia, but I did want to talk about this. I mentioned back when we were discussing the fake pilot Mm -hmm. that Blossom was inspired by Catcher in the Rye. And I think I mentioned on that episode, like, oh, there's one way down the pike that I think really has that feel. And this is the Mm -hmm. one I was thinking about because um, so Catcher in the Rye, if you don't know, is about a boy named Holden who gets kicked out of private school. And then he spends three days in New York hiding it from his parents. And this episode is Blossom trying to leave private school and spending two weeks hiding that from her dad and not being at the private school. So it felt a little clearer here that this was supposed to be inspired by Catcher in the Rye. That's very cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I love that. Well, I, I I think I mentioned that episode too, that I hadn't read Catcher in the Rye growing up. I was just starting to read it then. So having this episode in my brain and starting to read the book, I was like, oh, private school, sneaking around. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It tracks way more. Did you finish the book? I did. It took me like four weeks because <laughs> I'm just not an avid reader, but I did finally finish it. Right on. It's a short book. I know, but so, <laughs> so I started reading it and... I liked the character's voice, but mm-hmm. I I generally don't enjoy character-driven pieces. I enjoy plot-driven pieces mm-hmm. and nothing really happens in Catcher in the Rye. Like it's just a yep. bunch of like things. So it it's hard for me to pick up and be like, I wonder what happens next because it, it doesn't really matter what happens next. No, it's just a series of Holden trying to be a grown-up before he's a grown-up, which yeah. actually also makes sense with Blossom's character a lot of the time. 100%, yeah. That's really cool. See, that's trivia for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's trivia from my brain, not from the internet. (laughs) But now they all know. Yeah. (laughs) So we've done some trivia. You know what time it is? What time is it, Jen? It's time for a breakdown. Yeah. (laughs) You're killing me. Less exciting when only I do it. Okay, so we open this episode on a classic Blossom and Six opener. They're hanging out in Blossom's room while Blossom is doing homework. So she's sitting there complaining about her homework, how much she has to get done. Six suggests that she could pay someone to do it for her or she could change schools. Ha ha ha. So (laughs) Blossom says, oh, my God, I almost forgot about that. Would this have happened like six months ago? Something like that? Yeah, it was. I I feel like it was the beginning of this school year and we're now yeah. near the end of the school year so blossom yeah i don't know man i almost forgot i did this big thing right what a nightmare it was i almost forgot about that time i went to school for two weeks without telling my dad what <laughs> fully for this school year yeah i almost forgot about it she's got a lot going on you know like hard to I, keep track of <laughs> except she holds on to everything yeah she is a grudge holder for sure mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So as soon as she says that, she says, oh, that was such a nightmare. So we go into this like fuzzy Wayne's world, like flashback <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. So this intro, you could tell they shot it afterwards to try to be like, no, it matches. This totally matches the timeline, guys. We're just flashing back. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I like that it, it takes us into a flashback plus dream sequence. Like it's both. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had a note on this. So I'll describe the dream first, but I, I was thinking that exact thing. It got very convoluted. Yeah. Um, so we do this to 
Blossom sitting in a classroom. She's wearing this prep school uniform in a classroom full of girls. She's freaking out because she hasn't finished her homework, which is a very unblossom thing to do. I did notice on the second watch through that all of the extras are like 25. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's normal. <laughs> High school and middle school people are very rarely their actual ages. And I feel like they often do older people for the extras because mm-hmm. otherwise they have to have all the extras in set school. And have a tutor for them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So at this point, she's freaking out. The teacher walks in in a dominatrix (laughs) outfit and she has her little whip. Not a whip. She has um, a riding crop. Thank you. I I lost the name. So at this point, obviously, we realize this is a dream sequence. So she's strutting around the classroom saying, I know that there is one girl who hasn't done her homework. I don't understand what was so hard. It was only a medium length novel that deals with Chinese foot binding and the miracle of potassium. (laughs) So like easy shit. Why didn't you finish it? Right. Come on. So as punishment, the teacher says that because one girl didn't finish it, Everybody needs to write brand new novels and she would never dream of outing this person, but it was definitely Blossom Russo. <laughs> yeah, just just the, the way she like presents not wanting to out her and is going to give people a hint. It's just like, I like that the it's so simple in the dream. It's not even like some sort of hint about who it was. It's just no. exactly who it was. Yeah. Yeah. And she slaps down the crop on the desk. It's just yeah. perfect dominatrix. Yeah, it's brilliant. So she does this saunter out of the room after she reveals this information going, so I'm going to leave you alone with her. And if anything happens to her while I'm gone, there will be extra credit. <laughs> So good. So I did look up who this actress was. Her name is Judith Marie Bergen. So from what I could see, she hasn't had um, a lot of, she didn't have leading roles in a lot of shows, but she did tons of guest spots during this time in the 80s and 90s. Um, She was in the sitcom Soap with Ted Wass back Mm -hmm. in the late 1970s. Ah, Ted Wass. Yeah, so she had a connection to Ted Wass, but she did guest spots in Taxi, Bosom Buddies, Elf, like all of these really, really popular shows at that time. Obviously, she has really good comedic timing. So she was a very busy actress. (laughs) So at this point she walks out and says the thing about extra credit, it pans out and all of these girls are gathered around Blossom. They're suddenly zombies. (laughs) And there's like the slow close in of them going after Blossom. Then Blossom wakes up and says this amazing line of, come on, why can't I have sex dreams like everybody else? (laughs) Fair question. Fair question. So that was like my audible laugh of the episode. (laughs) So we get of what for us is a classic siblings in the kitchen. Yeah. But for them was the first siblings in the kitchen. If they had aired this properly, mm-hmm. Anthony is in the kitchen eating as of he course. does eating dinner at like seven in the morning. Well, that's what I thought was really interesting. So they do better than they did in the real pilot or anything. They really do set up Anthony as a night owl in this mm-hmm. episode in a very, very distinct way. Like, so if we had seen this first, I wouldn't have been so confused why he's like always eating sandwiches at seven in the morning. Well, and also the line in Tough Love where Nick is like, you have to join the human race and go to bed at night mm-hmm. and not stay up all night. Yeah. So uh, this actually would have been a great scene to establish that about Anthony, which we never got until now. So it's so cool to see those little things that would have helped me earlier. But like now I appreciate it more, you know? Yeah. In retrospect, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I guess that was a fair point. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) 
So he's reading the paper and he drops this random line about this article about a ballet dancer who was at an outdoor performance. He got caught in a tornado and he screwed himself into the ground. I found it very strange that Tony would be reading that like a tabloid. Like, I just don't understand how he came across this or, or why he has this. I'm assuming it's a tabloid and that's not the real news, but. No, it was the 90s, man. There was no Internet. You had to get your fake news from a newspaper. <laughs> Tony is a very different character in this one, too. Yeah, a little bit. There's still a, I think there's still some Tonyisms in there, but this is like pre everything we've seen, Tony. I think we'll see as we as we go further into the episode, there's a reason they had to make him seem a little stupider, like to make the point or whatever. But yeah, so, yeah, he does this thing about this stupid National Enquirer-esque story. He brings up to Blossom, have you told dad yet that you want to transfer schools? And she says, well, no, because dad's had a really hard week. We hear about the divorce for the first time. Mm -hmm. First time, air quotes. He's dealing with the divorce lawyers. Joey's grades just came back from summer school. He just lost out on this gig scoring a movie. So he's just had a really bad week. And Anthony says, that sounds like one of his better weeks. (laughs) Which we have actually seen. Like, Nick does not have good luck. Yeah, I feel like Every time he enters the kitchen from the backyard, he's always angry. Oh, yeah. He's always like, I just had the shittiest session. Like, <laughs> he never comes home and is like, that session was great. <laughs> Lower your expectations, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so Blossom says, well, I'm, I know I have to talk to him soon because public school is opening on Monday. So I'm running out of time. So, of course, Tony being who he is, he encourages her to speak to Nick and then he heads out. So he does have that line of have a good day. Good night. Yeah. (laughs) So that to me was like, that would have been a great establishing line for that character. Yeah. A hundred percent. He says this joke like early on when Blossom is describing her dream of like, oh, the girls turned into these zombies and came after me. And Tony has this joke of like, oh, that happened to me once in real life. Did either of you get why that was supposed to be a joke? Uh, I think the joke is just he hung out with a lot of really stoned people. Oh, that's all I could get. Yeah, that's all I could get out of it. Okay, because I think the writers thought that was funnier than it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, it, it just read to me is so Tristan, I, I'm sure you noticed that every episode they have to keep reminding us that Tony used to do drugs. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like this was one of those references to like, oh, yeah, I used to do drugs. If this really was the first episode and they just dropped that in there right near the beginning, I don't really know how you'd figure out what they were talking about. It seems strange. I don't think he brings up drugs in this particular scene. So if no. that's the only thing he's saying, I don't know. That just seemed like something that maybe at the time was a bit funnier than it is now. I don't know. <laughs> There was like a big laugh. So whatever. Yeah, we're missing we're missing out on our, our 90s culture expert here. I so know. I know. If you know at home why this would have been funny, please, please let us know. <laughs> please tell me. <laughs> so like we were just saying, Nick walks in and he's angry. <laughs> yep. What else is new? So he had an overnight session with this popular music group and he's complaining because it's not real music. It was a drum machine, two computers, a radio, a synthetic choir, and a guy named Sato with a screwdriver. Love it. Tristan would be in that band. (laughs) Would you? That'd be fun. Would you be the screwdriver guy? Mm, Maybe. Maybe. He says the guy (laughs) with the screwdriver was the most talented one. So... I tried to find an equivalent from that time. I know electronic and synth music was kind of a little bit everywhere, but I couldn't find a band that matched this 
degree of ridiculousness. Yeah. I tried. I think they just like pulled together everything they could. Yeah. Like people play the saw sometimes. I know that. It sounds cool. Yeah. The wow wow. Yeah. I think the only thing accurate <laughs> I think... depiction. <laughs> I think the only thing that's missing from this this group is a theremin. Yeah. Yes. I love a theremin. <laughs> so good. It's magic. So he's complaining about this band and then he moves on to what it's like being in a grocery store at 5 a.m. And how he met a lady in the grocery store who he caught talking to the fruit. And then he pulls out her children, presumably, (laughs) which are two cantaloupes, the twins, Jerry and David. Talk to the twins. Give Jerry a little squeeze. He likes it. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) Which was a funny line. But then as I thought back on it, I'm like, so this poor woman who's clearly troubled was talking to the fruit and like calling them her children. And Nick's like, I'll take those for my (laughs) consumption. (laughs) I'm going to steal and eat your children now. I'm going to eat your children. (laughs) Yeah. So my my assumption here was that she must have named all of them, like every Mm. cantaloupe, right? So there was no option not to steal her children. (laughs) In a watermelon, bro. He did say these ones were the twins, so the rest might have been, you know. They've had some quads in there. You don't know. So because Nick is just on a rampage, he sees this pizza lying out that Anthony had been snacking on. And then he starts complaining there's no pepperoni on the pizza. And he has a ritual. When he works overnights, he loves cold pepperoni pizza in the morning and someone keeps stealing the pepperoni. It's just not a good morning for Nick. I mean, cold pizza is pretty bomb. It is bomb. He has a right to be upset about this one. Yeah. And also who just picks up all the pepperonis? And doesn't eat the pizza. Monsters, but they exist. This was really strange for me because it implies that Nick just puts up with this shit and doesn't really like complain about it to his kids who are clearly one of the people eating his pepperoni, right? Like it implies he's Mm -hmm. been doing this for a long time and this is his like ritual, but did only recently the pepperoni go missing or was it always missing (laughs) and he just never said anything? Is he just like such a nice guy? Which like we know he's not. (laughs) Yeah, from the fake pilot. I think we know that at this point, Tony hasn't been out of rehab for very long. Like he's freshly home. So I think the pepperoni disappearing is a Tony returned problem. Yeah. So it is a new problem. Mm. But I feel like you'd be able to put two and two together and figure out Tony is home now and also stays up until the morning. He's probably eating my pepperoni. Yeah. So even after all of this, Blossom still tries to broach the conversation, but she does it in like a very sort of sneaky, clever way. And she she starts by going, dad, you know how you're so passionate about the piano? That's how I feel about the trumpet. I really just like feel it's my life calling and I want to learn from the best. And there's this great, great music program at Tyler High. So she does try to sneak it in there in a way that is also making him feel better. Yeah. (laughs) Which is smart. But Nick has a good point. He's like, I'm literally a musician. I can just get a musician to teach you the trumpet, dumb child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I struggled with this the entire episode is there any context here do you guys ever actually see blossom with a trumpet even like anywhere in the scene yeah in the season okay because this didn't come up at all on the pilot there's no instrument near her at all anytime Mm -hmm. and i'm just talks about the trumpet yeah is that a lie does she really play the trumpet like she does play the trumpet Mm -hmm. well yeah we figure that out later but like it's kind of like oh you were trying to figure out if she was using that to get to school and didn't actually want to be in the music Mm. class yeah. Uh, no, she plays the trumpet. Yeah. So we, we do learn from what we have seen so far. She loves the trumpet. She's actually really good at it. But yeah, if this had been the actual pilot, there would have been no way to know because we never see her playing it in this episode. Yeah. yeah. So Nick has this thing. He's like, I can, I have like a million friends I could just teach you, you know? And he's like, also, I don't, Nick, I know you just like got home, but damn. 
He's like, also, like, could you just take one class at Tyler High? I don't get why they would let you do that. And she's like, well, no, that's not the point, Dad. Like, I clearly want to switch schools. I do remember in high school, Tristan, I don't know if you remember this, but there were some high schools in our school district that had like auto shop and our school was not one of them. And there were forms that you could fill out and like apply to take that one course at that school. Do you remember that, Tris? Yeah, I remember something like that. Yeah, because we didn't have like, we didn't have quite a few things when I first started there. So. Oh, okay. Maybe that was available to me and I just didn't do it. Yeah, I, I think it was only for like those specialty courses. Like you couldn't apply to take math somewhere else. You couldn't apply mm-hmm. to take music. Like every school had a music program. It was just for those classes that like it's only available at this one high school. Okay. See, I didn't know that. That's good to know. So maybe he's not as dumb as I thought. Maybe. <laughs> he, he says regard like Blossom's trying to make the point of no, I just want to switch schools and using this as the catalyst for the argument. And he going, yeah. he says, No, you're not leaving Crestridge. They're great teachers. It's small classes no boys which is his favorite part of the school <laughs> and he has this line at the end as she's walking out all dejected and he goes father knows best which i was like get the fuck out of here with Gross. that bullshit and then Bossom has this line of that's from the 1950s and nick goes yeah i loved the 1950s okay how how do we feel this i mean so so this is was supposed to be the first episode. Yeah. And we do see Nick struggling with some Blossom growing up stuff, like, you know, getting her period, going to the makeup party, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But how do we feel this specifically tracks with Nick? Like him being like, the 50s are the best. Part of me feels like it was a joke. Like she says it's the 50s and he just goes, yeah, I loved the 50s because people listen to their goddamn father. Like, I feel like that was supposed to be the joke and maybe it's not his actual mentality but the father knows best thing he said that in earnest yeah i don't yeah i don't know if we can if we can chalk this up to like poor delivery or like poor direction not that i want to blame ted voss or zane busby because they're fantastic because we love them i I do read it like as a joke because he seems pretty self-aware of how joey and tony have been doing so (laughs) i think him saying father's no best is really kind of like yeah, him trying to, which I think he gets into later in the episode, him trying to like communicate to Blossom that he's might not be ready for her to do that himself. Yeah. And also your brothers turned out like shit. So <laughs> <laughs> which is a whole other conversation yeah. I have for the later scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. OK, no, it's because I could tell Wasp was trying to play the joke, but I think the writing was just a little too literal. I don't know. Yeah, it's a pilot. The pilot is never the strongest episode. No, 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 no. So we go to a scene where Blossom is trying to help Joey study, but he's being very stubborn about it and just kind of shutting down and not wanting to hear what she's saying. So Blossom complains that if Joey fails his test, Nick will blame Tyler High, which is where she wants to go. Mm -hmm. Blossom will never get out of Crestridge and she'll end up a librarian in Ecuador teaching the Dewey Decimal System to people with plates in their lips and yikes, 1990s writing. Yeah, this is is actually the second joke about people from different countries and different races. There was one in the opening scene that we kind of skipped over. I am very glad that this was not a trend that continued in the other episodes that we watched. Like, I feel like this is the only place throughout that we have seen this kind of humor and it, it has not aged well at all. No, God, no. Yeah, it was kind of uncomfortable. (laughs) Part of me is part of the reason I like looking back on shows like this is as cringy as it is, I appreciate the fact that I am cringing at it, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot in this. I've, you know, only watched a couple episodes. (laughs) There's a lot that I'm just like, ooh, ah, okay. And this one specifically, I'm like, really? 
Like they could, she could have just done like anywhere in America, right? It didn't have to be like (laughs) another country that she's just going to be like, they don't need a librarian or their library's shit or somehow implying that like, I don't know, that being a librarian there wouldn't be good. And it's just kind of like, yeah, felt unnecessary. They have the Dewey Decimal System everywhere. Yeah. Also, is it weird that I kind of did research on the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> Ooh, tell us about it. <laughs> Tristan hasn't been subject to my like weird divergent research yet. So the reason I was so interested in this and it made me think is because when I was in elementary school, I used to be a helper in the library. So was I. Ah, nerds! So... I got used to working with the Dewey Decimal System, but I never really knew the backstory of it. And, you know, I didn't really know what the coding meant. I just knew how to, you know, sort by it. So the Dewey Decimal System was created by Melville Dewey in 1873. Wow. It's basically a drill down classification system for keeping library books contained to their specific categories. And the way it works, so because it's us, I picked theater as an example. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you have these very broad categories by the hundreds, and it gets more specific in that category by the tens. So for example, I looked up theater. So we start in the 700s, which is the arts, Mm -hmm. umbrella term, the arts. In the 790s is recreation and performing arts. And then if you drill down to the 792 number, that's everything to do with stage specific presentations. And then if you drill down on that and say 792.6, anything with that specific coding is for musicals. Wow. Like it is so detailed, hyper specific, like down to the decimal point. So once you're into musicals, you go 792.6 and that's where you start to see those decimal points of like threes and fours coming in like 609 or 612, depending if it's a songbook or like theory about musicals. Isn't that like, I don't know. That's some nerd shit, but I found it fascinating. That, I mean, the fact that somebody sat down and was like, we need a way to organize all these books and like came up with all of these super specific mm-hmm. categories. So yeah, that was that was one of my deep dives. You're welcome, nerds. <laughs> I do have to say about this episode too, there were some sick burns. Right? <laughs> the amount I actually laughed in this episode So I have a sick burn here um, where Blossom goes, Joey, if you don't study, you're going to flunk out. And Joey goes, flunk is a strong word. Blossom goes, yeah, but can you spell it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of Dunkin' on Joey in this and and, uh, the next one as well. Yeah. So much. (laughs) Sick burn. So we see this sort of Joey cheating theme continue. Blossom is dancing in the bedroom Mm -hmm. as, you know, 14 year old girls got to dance. We did. Did we ever? Tristan, did you ever dance in your bedroom as a teenager? Um, Probably. I don't have any distinct memory of that, but (laughs) just like throw on your ghetto blaster and just go hard. My ghetto blaster. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, your anti-skip CD player. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I feel like this was universal, which makes me happy. (laughs) So she's dancing in her bedroom. Joey comes in asking for his duffel bag because he wants to go on this trip to Las Vegas with some friends. He's 15. (laughs) I... Yeah. Like he says it so casually, like we would do it as goddamn grownups. Like, oh, we're just going to Toronto for the day. I'm just going to go to Las Vegas as a 15 year old. (laughs) So Blossom is like, obviously dad is never going to say yes to this. 
Like, especially if you fail your test. And he goes, oh, no, no, it's fine. Because look, I came up with a way to pass. So he does the old writing on the arm, but he has written it backwards because he is clever. He's so smart. (laughs) So smart. So the way that he's going to read it backwards is he has taped a mirror to his other arm. (laughs) Nobody will ever know. No. And he is so proud of himself for thinking of this. Oh, sweet baby Joey. (laughs) The only problem is there's so much information for this class and he can't fit everything just on his arm. What is he going to do? What is he going to do? Blossom's like, well, why don't you just practice that backwards writing and write it down over and over again. And maybe you'll get it. And he goes, that's a great idea. <laughs> he's a moron. Yeah. Well, but he also like, I think the reason why Blossom gets that idea is because he mentioned something that he remembered. Like he remembered that Abraham Lincoln was shot by an actor. Uh-huh. So she realizes that like him writing it out, he's actually starting to learn it. Yeah. So I think it's pretty sneaky on like, you know, it could it could come off as like, I don't want to deal with you. Just go write. Like, who cares? Yeah. But I think I think what's actually happening is she's she's trying to be sneaky about teaching him and getting him to study by saying, oh, yeah. you know what? You have this fantastic idea. You just need to practice it and you'll be great. Like, yeah, like it's really brilliant on her part. Yeah. Then also she doesn't need to tutor him anymore. He can just rewrite the same notes over and over again and leave her alone. (laughs) So he gets really excited about that. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. Nick enters. Does this... Couldn't decide if this was cute or creepy. Oh, I thought it was adorable. <laughs> it was it was cute, I think. But if she gets any older, it's going to be creepy. Yeah. He sticks his face in and goes shaving check. And Blossom puts her face up on his and they do this little rub thing. And she goes, yeah, it's smooth. Yeah, I think she's I think she's just young enough that it's adorable. Yeah. OK, like a year or two past this. And I would have been like a year or two past this. He would have been like shaving check. And she would be like, Dad, you're weird. Don't be gross. Yeah. <laughs> So just as he's about to walk out, she does it. It's like, Dad, I want to move schools. I've 100% done that. <laughs> you wait until they're like <laughs> on their way out the door. Well, okay. Can I ask, what are you hoping to accomplish by that? Like, you know, okay. Cause I've done this where I don't quite hear what the person's saying. And I just go, yeah. Oh no. Is that I, the hope? I was just nervous to bring something up. Yeah. It yeah. implies either like poor management of conflict or not wanting to deal with conflict, but mm-hmm. you know, you ha- you should do something. Or like my chance of slipping away. Like. Put it out now. Yeah, it was it was super cute the way she did it. Yeah. So Nick comes back in and they uh, they start to talk about it. Not very practically, but Nick's reason that he gives to her is that both of her brothers went to Tyler <laughs> and they're screwed up. Yeah. So he says that one is a recovering drug addict, which fair. And then he says the other is a recovering brain donor, which that's your child. Like, <laughs> I mean, like true. And it was funny. <laughs> It it was funny, but it was also a little harsh coming from a parent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think this kind of just reinforced going into this without knowing these relationships reinforced that I can expect Nick to treat Joey just kind of like like a wet blanket, right? Like he's not going to get it. We've got to babysit him. Uh And uh, hopefully he passes his test, but I don't (laughs) think Nick's expecting him to. No, not at all. I did want actually I just wanted to add there was a couple kind of like a theme throughout this that Joey does say while he's talking about cheating into Blossom about, um, you know, asking about school. Joey implies that he's really good at asking Nick things and that his secret is that he finds like really good timing to do so something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And I think at some point, Anthony also mentions timing and it's implied in the conversation at the start around like Blossom trying to wait for him to have a good day or something Mm -hmm. or a good week. 
And like, there's this running theme that there's a right time to have these conversations. And it just doesn't like, that never really happens or hasn't happened yet in the episode. It hasn't happened in this season so far. There have been so many shenanigans where everyone's like, I was just waiting for the right time. And then, you know, it just never, there's never a right time. I think that's true in in real life too. Like people try to wait for the right time. And like the right time is when you bring it up. Like there's never Mm going to be the right time to do anything. There can be a right time to come back to a conversation. Yes. But the initial bringing it up, I think it just needs to happen when it needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. It's Blossom's always so afraid of catching people at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing with the, um, the episode where the divorce papers show up. They kept waiting yeah. for the right time, the right time, the right time. And they're like, there's, yeah. So I don't know. This scene was weird because Nick falls back on just essentially blaming his own children for making the other child unhappy, which like bad parenting, because if that were to actually follow through and the episode doesn't go the way we're going to see it goes, that's just Blossom being bitter at her brothers for the rest of her high school career. Yeah, it's not their fault. Um, And and Nick doesn't do a very good job of communicating why he thinks that it's a bad idea, because like we'll talk about it when we get there, but we learn Mm -hmm. much later that it doesn't actually have to do with with the brothers and Blossom also doesn't do a very good job of communicating why she wants to leave. But the trumpet, come on, follow up, follow up. The trumpet. That's the only reason is just yeah. trumpet. And also like, if we're going to, we're getting into the argument, the f- first two boys being screwed up says less about the school and more about how Nick parented those boys. But anyways, we'll move yeah. on. <laughs> so he basically, he does one of his classic, Nick is done with the conversation and he just goes, no, I'm saying you can't go and you can't go. And that's the end of it. Yeah. And Blossom has one of those, you can't stop me. I'll do it one way. <laughs> like very menacing. Yeah. So we do see that she goes through with it. The next scene, it's Blossom in the halls of Tyler High, which we have seen before. She runs into six and reveals that she's essentially sneaking herself into school <laughs> for the next two weeks. <laughs> Um, she forged a, res- a registration form so she could take classes at Tyler, which I had a question because so public school starts whenever it starts, presumably after Labor Day, as yeah. normally happens. So the private school doesn't start for two weeks after that. That seems like a long time. Yeah, I feel like it was just a plot device that she had time to to get established at the school and have yeah. teachers like her. Yeah, I just thought that I was like, that's a long ass time between schools, but whatever. So she has these two weeks to get herself integrated into Tyler High and basically make a case for herself to her dad that she belongs here and she's excelling. So she should just transfer. Yeah. She's like, the only thing is Joey obviously can't know that I'm here. Joey instantly walks by. Yeah. How are you planning to hide that from your brother who goes to that school? Right. I know. Not very well thought out. Yeah. Joey walks by is like, oh, hey, Blossom. Blossom's like, don't tell dad. He's like, okay, sure. And like walks away. He's like, I don't care. (laughs) Does not care at all. To be fair, I think even if Joey were not a dum-dum, he probably still wouldn't care. Like I'm thinking about in my wildest imagination, if this were me and my brother, he he would not care. I'd be like, don't tell dad. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Like it it affects (laughs) him not at all, right? Like he's not going to go home and be like, who did? Well, yeah, I mean- also, imagine your little sister is sneaking into school to hang out, right? Yeah. Like, okay, nerd. Yeah, are you worried about them? No, they're just going to school. Like, yeah, yeah, it's she's not getting into trouble. She's going to school. <laughs> I know. 
And then uh, Blossom has this fun line where she's like, yeah, I'm sneaking into school. It's like 21 Jump Street, except I wear less makeup than Johnny Depp. Still a relevant reference. So it's funny because if those movies hadn't come out, there'd be so many people, even our age, that maybe wouldn't understand that reference. But now I get it. Yeah, because you only get it because of the movie with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. I knew the show existed. Okay. But I didn't like go out of my way to learn more about the show until I knew it more as a property. Right. Yeah. So I thought that line was funny. So this is Blossom's whole. Do you think this plan is smart? Um, I think it's sitcom smart. Uh-huh. You know, she did try to talk to her dad. Like I said, neither of them really communicated well. And Nick just kind of like shut down the conversation, wouldn't let her even like explain herself. So I do think that she was kind of backed into a corner of either like I need to find a way to prove that this transfer will be fine or... I can just give up on this hope altogether. Yeah, so I agree. You know, I was going to save this for kind of like lesson of the week, but I kind of, there's a lot of points I definitely don't understand Blossom as a character at all on. But throughout this episode, like uh, I see her as like a passive nonconformist and Mm -hmm. she's really like, takes it on herself to try to figure out how to solve the problem after her, after Nick said he won't talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that's like kind of a, this is a big point for me that like, yeah, it's played off as casually a joke. Haha, she's going to like more school than she needs to. But I think it's really like big character step showing that Blossom's willing to take like a big risk, knowing people are going to be upset with her. She knows like could go sideways and uh, she's aware of what she's had to do to get here. But like that's more important than like her own happiness is more important than upsetting others. Hmm. Okay. I think, yeah, it's, it is a, it's a smart plan given the position that she's in. Yeah. Yeah. Like it kind of reminds me of the makeout party episode where she says like, dad, I have to do teenager things. And that sometimes means I'm going to lie to you. Like she's, she's aware that like sometimes things aren't going to go smoothly and she's going to have to take matters into her own hands. But I also think, yeah, she's sneaking into school. Like she's not sneaking off to do drugs. She's not sneaking off to like do anything shady. She's, she's trying to prove that a school (laughs) is okay. So they they already set this up, right? With her shooting down that father knows best line kind of sets up that like, she's going to try to figure out how to do this, whatever Nick thinks. Yeah. Well, we're going to see one of the sons try to talk to Nick about it. Not well, but you know, so the next scene we see Anthony again in the kitchen, he's singing and he does this baller move there's another new pizza sitting on the table and he does this cool fonzie move where he picks up the pizza just smacks one side of the crust and all the pepperoni fall (laughs) off at once and he just grabs the handful and starts mowing down on it so this was my favorite move i've seen so far in this show Yeah, you got it right on. I was expecting like, uh, I was expecting someone or the crowd to be like, hey, or something in the background, right? right? And I'm like, wow, what a, not only is he stealing the pepperoni, he's got this cool technique figured out to do so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It was a very Fonzie move. Yeah. For those of you who don't know who Fonzie is, he's from the sitcom called Happy Days. And he was a one cool dude who would smack a broken jukebox and get it to work then the party would continue yeah yeah so that pepperoni pizza moment that was one of those moments where you know stuff like props and costumes 
They work so behind the scenes that you don't notice them unless they do something either terrible or amazing. Mm -hmm. This was an amazing moment where I was like, yes to the props team. Yeah, someone thought about that. It was like, this is going to be real cool. (laughs) It's going to make an awesome moment. So whoever was working props for that episode, good job. So just as he's doing this and mowing down on the pepperoni, Nick walks in, goes, oh, so you're the pepperoni thief. And then like doesn't care as much as... I thought he was actually going to care about it, given his rant in the first scene. I I feel like they needed to show Nick not freaking out about stuff, considering how angry he got at Blossom for wanting to go to a different school. Although this is very classic Nick blowing up at Blossom for things and not getting as mad at the boys. A hundred percent. So Anthony goes... Well, I wrote you a thank you note for it, but apparently (laughs) Anthony can't spell in this particular episode. Oria's unlegible writing because the note says, Nick reads it as, thanks for the food, dad. And Anthony goes, no, that's supposed to be thanks for the food, dude. It rhymes, me. It rhymes. <laughs> so cool. I don't know. That was a weird moment. That, that I made know. you laugh, Tristan. It did. I enjoyed I did. that. <laughs> that was hilarious. The idea that he's got this like notepad beside this pizza box that I assume he's been doing every day. He's stolen the pepperoni, <laughs> right? Or did he? I can't tell if he just thought of it today to leave him a note. I assume that note's been there like every day. Like he just takes out the same pad and puts it down or something. Yeah. Nick hasn't noticed this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> So Nick asks Tony for advice, as we always see him do, because he's the oldest. He asks for advice on this fight with Blossom. Tony tells Nick not to go too hard on himself for getting all worked up because he's trying to work and raise four kids. Oops, he counted himself twice. Okay, stupid Tony. Why yeah, not? This this Tony in this scene reminded me of the tough love Tony where he was more Joey like. Yeah. Not quite as witty mm-hmm. and just a little more like airhead like. I, I prefer the witty Tony to the airhead Tony. Me too. I love witty Tony. So I didn't know if we could chalk this up to again, he's just kind of getting out of drugs. Maybe his brain is in unfogged yet. Yeah, I think we can chalk it up to this was supposed to be the first episode and the Tony we've come to love is from the later episodes yeah so that was a super dumb moment but anyway the the point of it is he's working he's trying to raise three kids alone he's entitled to lose his temper every once in a while which was an interesting viewpoint yeah because normally we see tony in those moments with nick especially more than the kids even being the one to kind of show nick the kids side of things yeah i don't know yeah, you, yeah, he's the one to be like, do you think you overreacted a bit there? I think you overreacted a bit there. Yeah, so this is, you know, a scene we've seen with Tony and Nick a million times, but in like a very different message. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, we jump to Blossom's room. Blossom sitting at her desk. It's just loaded down with textbooks. Six is in the background with her headphones on. She's like scream singing thriller. And I'm sorry, I never liked any of my friends enough to have them over when I was studying. Especially right? if they weren't doing anything. Like that to me was weird. Yeah, this seems super weird that she's hanging out while Blossom's trying to do all of her homework. Like clearly losing her mind. And like, go like, listen to your Walkman at home. Yeah. So Blossom finally shuts her up saying she has to finish an essay. She has to finish this editorial for the school paper. Like she's just has too much work. Right. And Six says something along the lines of Blossom's done more work in these past two weeks than she did her whole last school year and summer (laughs) school, which I can believe that. And then we hear again, Blossom is planning to get these recommendation letters from all of her teachers and her extracurriculars to basically convince her dad that she should go to Tyler High and it's a worthwhile 
school to go to. So I had another thought on this, this two weeks of school thing. Did you guys ever really actually get work in the first two weeks of school? No, that's when you're <laughs> learning before you do the like showing what you've learned. Yeah. I I had questions about this specifically in relation to Joey and his history test. Mm-hmm. That he's supposedly been studying for since before school started. Mm-hmm. It's the first, it's the second week of class. And so far what he's been studying is the Lincoln assassination, the dark ages, the renaissance oh it's no no he was in summer school and this is a redo he got because he was going to fail so his summer school test is two weeks after summer school ends and real school begins apparently yeah i know that's not how summer school works and it ends way before (laughs) that but that's kind of like what i got out of it yeah it feels like they wanted to do this joey studying storyline and also the blossom sneaking into school storyline and didn't really sit down to figure out that like they wouldn't make sense to happen at the same time Mm. like they had to establish joey was stupid so blossom couldn't go to the school he went to and that was the only way they could make it work yeah and also just to establish joey as a character right like this was the pilot they're trying to establish them all as characters and and joey being a dum-dum is is a (laughs) a pretty big part of his character oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, so that that's her master plan. Um, she says she's going to take these letters and give them to her father. Apparently, they have this really cute monthly like father-daughter dinner date. That's super cute. Super adorable. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to go on this dinner when Nick's already in a good mood and give him all of the letters and make her case. I mean, it's not a terrible plan. No, that's the thing. It's not a terrible plan. It's just such a nerd plan. You know, I love how nerdy she is. So after she says this, Joey busts in again, and he's still on about this writing on his arm. So he's rewritten the cheat notes. I think he says something like 40 some odd times. Mm -hmm. He still can't fit everything onto his arm. And the Renaissance section blurs when he wipes his forehead. (laughs) So he's very stressed about that. Yeah, this is this is that age old joke of doctor, doctor, it hurts when I move my finger like this. And the doctor says, then don't do that. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly what this moment is. And we always talk about how Joey sometimes just has lines because it's in the contract. That's what this felt like, because he says the Renaissance thing. Blossom says, then don't do that. And he goes and then runs away. Yeah. Well, but we also have Six here. Uh, So Blossom says it's a wonder he knows how to feed himself. And Six says, oh, I'll feed him. So I think they're trying to set up that Six is in love with Joey. Mm -hmm. I did want to say that the note I wrote down here specifically says, what a thirsty minx that Six. (laughs) She is a thirsty minx. Right? (laughs) He loves every boy. Yeah, but especially Joey. She has a huge crush on Joey. I'm, I'm calling it and I know you know, but I'm calling the later season awkwardness i don't know guess you'll just have to watch and find out i know so six has a thing of if this doesn't work what are you going to do if this letter thing doesn't work out and blossom's mm-hmm. only response is guess i'm gonna have to get myself thrown at a crest ridge now this was very holden caulfield <laughs> oh yeah absolutely so we jump to the crest ridge dean principal i don't think they ever specify whatever she's old called. lady the crest old ridge lady. old lady <laughs> Typical, like, just scandalized old lady. Yeah. So we see the dean's office at Christridge. Blossom walks in. She's back in her little cute private school uniform. It's a very ornate, lots of, like, wood and tapestries and shit, right? Rich person school. Blossom sits down, tells her that she wants to go to public school. And Mrs. Whiting goes, well, you shouldn't do that. What does your father think? Blossom goes, well, he doesn't want me to do that. And Mrs. Whiting goes, well, he's right. You should listen to him. 
At which point Blossom carries on the conversation casually, pulls out a cigarette, <laughs> lights her up and starts smoking. She lights it on the desk too. She like lights the match on yeah. the desk. This baller ass move. Like yeah. she just. I, I was super impressed with Maya Bialik in this scene because she does all this stuff. So like all these killer moves are like, you know, lighting it on the desk, like mm-hmm. super casually, the way she takes out the cigarette, like it's so well done. Yeah, the choreography on it was fantastic. So she starts smoking and of course, Mrs. Whitney's like, oh, 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 Blossom, clutching her pearls and such. Yeah. <laughs> and Blossom, I can't remember the exact line. I should have written it down, but she- Kill moms, don't have a cow. <laughs> Thank you. I knew you would write it down. Don't have a cow. And she chucks a fully lit cigarette into the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> sits back down, throws her feet up on the desk as Mrs. Whiting is just having like a full waspy meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Blossom, I never, how could you? So at this point, Blossom tries to bribe Mrs. Whiting to let her leave. Like she pulls out a wad of cash and says, okay, how much do you need? Oh, by the way, your trash can is on fire. Yeah. She's still counting money. <laughs> Just like how blase Mayim plays it is so good. Just great. So at that point, obviously this is a dream. If you didn't know before, you know, because as the dream is ending, there's a pan into her face as Blossom does this maniacal villain laugh. So good. <laughs> it was it was very, very good. <laughs> so she does her blossom, jump out of bed, wake up. And we go to the restaurant. This is it. Blossom's gonna give the letters to her dad. So they're having their cute little dinner date. We see the classic blossom hat. Yep. On what was supposed to be the pilot. It's so floppy and the brim is so up on her head. It's huge. It's a huge brim on that hat it's so cute we gotta go hat shop- shopping jen i know when it's, when it's safe to do so we we gotta go hat shopping yeah tristan i'm gonna get you a floppy blossom hat <laughs> so we're in this restaurant blossom has a hat <laughs> blossom has a hat uh so nick asks blossom you know why have you been so jittery the last couple of weeks like every time i walk into your bedroom you jump a million feet i feel like you're hiding something from me a doy so blossom starts to hand him the letters And then Nick's musician friend catches his eye and walks up. And we learn it is also Blossom's music teacher at Tyler High. So Blossom immediately jumps under the table. Well, first she unrolls the hat. Yeah, and pulls it over her head. (laughs) She unrolls the brim of the hat so it's completely covering her face. Yeah. So clearly he's seen her already, but he carries on this conversation with Nick. Oh, how you doing? Oh, I do session work now. What are you doing? Oh, I'm teaching music classes at Tyler High. You should hear the brass section. They're amazing. Oh, maybe you should talk to Blossom. Blossom's in the band. She's one of my best trumpeters. So Blossom's still under the table at this point. Yep. So Cat's out of the bag. That poor teacher, he's like, oh, I'm going to go now. (laughs) This is awkward. I'm just going to... Like Homer Simpson backing up into a bush. Um, (laughs) He plays it so calm, though. Like, clearly this girl just unrolled her hat and then jumped under a table in the middle of a restaurant. (laughs) And his reaction is to just, like, carry on the conversation and then just kind of leave. Like, obviously, either he deals with, rightly so, deals with a lot of kids in high school who probably do all sorts of silly things in his class. But, like, he's out at dinner wearing a nice jacket and, like, just watches his student go under a table. And you're like, oh, all right. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. I always assume that 
in sitcoms we're supposed to pretend like the characters have blinders like yeah when people are like let's have an aside and whisper and i'm like you're five feet away from the people you're talking about yeah it's even more like that in today's sitcoms i find like the Mm -hmm. older ones i think were a little bit more I say realistic, knowing what we're talking about here isn't that realistic, but I think it was more so than like what you see today, especially the Disney ones today. They're they're mm. just so wacky and like, yeah, you're literally a foot away from people having a conversation that they can't hear. Yeah, I know. So yeah, he backs away, apparently being totally unfazed by this whole thing and ruining this family. He's like, okay, bye. So yeah, cat's out of the bag. Blossom starts talking to Nick about it. And saying, here are the letters. This is what I was doing. So that's how we end that scene. So we jump to, we're back at the house. Nick is on his piano. Anthony's kind of just like plunking keys on the keyboard beside him. And Nick is catching Tony up on the situation with the letters and saying like, these letters are amazing. She got so much praise from her teachers. Tony again is doing a stupid Tony thing where he's trying to give life advice. He goes, well, I read this dear Abby quote that says hair transplants can be a traumatic experience in any man's life. Nick goes, what does that have to do with anything? And Tony goes, dad, I can only take you so far. And then he walks away. Yeah. So, so that was pretty, a pretty Joey like thing to do, you know, give this weird nonsensical advice. However, the second time I watched it, I kind of understood what he was saying of like blossom. Like if you think of it being like, like a big change or like in your life can be traumatic, right? So blossom wanting to change schools is a big change to Tony's life or to Nick's life. Mm, Okay. Yeah. That's what I got out of it too, is that, you know, and I think mentioned this earlier that this isn't really about an issue with blossom wanting to do something. It's with the Nick not being ready for her to basically be a teenager. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I didn't even, that went over my head. (laughs) Yeah. No, I only caught it on the second watch through like the first time I was like, this is weird. I also noticed a weird thing. Okay. Tell me if I am nuts or if you guys caught this. So in the middle of their conversation, Nick is going on about all of this, all the teachers love her. She's doing an amazing job. And Tony has a very like quippy Tony line where he's like, oh God, she's doing so good. No wonder you're mad, which is supposed to be a funny, sarcastic line, right? Like what the fuck are you complaining about? And Nick's reply is she did this whole thing behind my back, but there was like, I don't know if this was an acting choice, a directorial choice, or like an audience laughter messed up the scene. Mm-hmm. But there was a super weird pause. Did you guys catch this? He starts talking and then pauses and then says the line again. Yeah. So like the way he pauses, there's the beat is so long. I felt like there was something that was supposed to be said there. I, I feel like it was a mess up yeah. somehow. And that just happened to be the best take for everything else. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think it took anything away from the scene I think it kind of made it feel a little more real in that like people don't say perfect things people start saying something and stop halfway through and then try again so it felt a little bit less scripted that way yeah there was like a flow interruption and I I couldn't tell if it was just me overthinking it or if you guys thought it was a mess up too I don't know this might be like the baseball basketball thing from couple episodes ago and yeah that's true so at this point tony's kind of sassed nick about what are you so mad about yeah joey runs in celebrating that he passed his test he got a 68 out of 100 don't you know how much that is (laughs) i mean for tony for for joey that is a a great mark it's a huge number yeah (laughs) So Nick kind of has this like, oh, 
Great. It's awesome. Better than usual. Yeah. Well, and he passed. He didn't fail again. So he that's passed. Good. Yeah. yeah. So Blossom kind of pulls Joey aside and asks him if he cheated. And I actually super loved this. Joey's like, I passed. Of course I cheated. She's like, okay, well, what did you do? Tell me. He's like, I practiced my backwards writing so much that after a while, I, I just remembered it and I didn't even need to write it down anymore. And she's like, well, how is that cheating? And then there's the line, I hid the answers in my head. <laughs> Amazing. He's cracked the code. Yeah. This yeah. Is one of those beats that when I think of Blossom, like as a series, this is one of the ones that I come straight to mind is Joey being like, I hid it in my head and being so proud of himself. I know. But also, like, how does he think that learning is supposed to work if hiding it in your head is cheating? I think because maybe the the way it happened was based on cheating. So he still connects it to cheating okay. somehow. Okay. Because yeah. that's Joey logic. Yeah. See, this is the kind of stupid Joey I like. I like yes. the innocent stupidity of Joey. Mm-hmm. This this is cute. He's so proud of himself for cheating, quote unquote. For figuring out how to hide it in his head. How to hide it in his head. It's very innocent and adorable. Sweet baby Joey. <laughs> right? So because Joey passes, he takes this opportunity to ask again about the Las Vegas trip. And Nick has this brilliant like, oh, yeah, you want to go to Vegas. So cool. Oh, yeah. Hanging out with the guys. Yeah. And Joey's like, yeah, yeah. And this is like more classic Nick that we know. He goes, Joey, does it look like I have stupid written on my forehead? He's like, oh, I don't understand. Nick goes, ask me again. And no sense of irony totally earnest joey asks again so i can go to vegas right yeah. sweet stupid joey if nick just stares at him <laughs> yeah and he walks out so like tell me about this so he's mm-hmm. gonna go to vegas right and yeah and what's the hope here like i don't think he's smart enough to have a fake id right he's like in grade what 10 he's like 15 16 him and the boys are gonna what go to a hotel in vegas and walk around like what's the yeah so so there is an episode where he tries to make a fake id oh okay there's also an episode where he tries to uh hire an undercover cop for sex Mm -hmm. he's he's not a smart he's not a smart boy he's he's a very dumb boy well i think especially back then i mean vegas is more family friendly now i know more people that go to vegas for vacation because there are shows and like the penn and tellers and the the concerts and there's theater and all of that that wasn't the case in 91 no like vegas was very much a very seedy you go for casinos and you go to drink and you go for higher class strippers like that's what vegas to my knowledge like how vegas was always played out back in those days that's what vegas was so if this had happened now i could see not that he would be able to go like nowadays i think having a 15 year old in vegas they could have stuff they could legally do, but not back then. No, it was, yeah, there was no way he was, I don't, I don't believe that any of his friends are going to Vegas. They probably were like, yeah, this would be such a good idea. And they all asked their parents and all their parents are like, do you think I'm stupid? No, no, you're 15. No. (laughs) It's a four hour drive from, cause they're in LA, right? It's a four hour drive. I checked. They would have to be overnight. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah. Yeah, he's just dumb. So again, Joey walks out. He can't go to Vegas. It's just Nick and Blossom in the room. Nick does tell Blossom, you know, I read all of the letters and I'm very impressed with what you were able to accomplish, but I'm disappointed in you for being dishonest about it. Mm -hmm. And then Nick gets to the crux of what this was all about, which is 
he's scared about raising a girl alone, especially one that is a teenager. He was kind of hoping she would just hit 12 and stop, which I think is a sentiment of most fathers everywhere. Yeah. Well, and especially as a single dad too, right? Like, yeah. Like he doesn't have the resources or the knowledge to raise a girl the way a mom would. Right. Yeah. Not that he couldn't do a great job of it. It's just not what he was preparing for. So he felt that her staying at Crestridge was a way to kind of protect her from the world for a little bit longer. I guess he doesn't say this, but it's implied until he can figure out how to deal with a teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, you know, it's a nice sentiment. I wish he had said something like this earlier instead mm-hmm. of saying it's because your brothers are dumbasses. I think Nick is very reactionary. Yeah. Like he doesn't, he needs time to like sit down and actually think through, okay, why am I angry about this? Yeah. Why is this something that I don't want to happen? And in the moment he's just like, no, I'm the parent. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So him having this little bit of vulnerability. And I think as soon as he says that to her, she still doesn't agree, but This is the thing. If he had said this in the first place, she would have at least understood. Yeah. And she would have been able to like have a conversation with him about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to grow up without a mother either. Like, I didn't think this was going to be how it is. But me staying at this private school isn't going to stop time from moving forward. Yeah, exactly. And she has this great line of, you know, nowhere is going to keep me out of trouble. Only I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. She also drops, what do you think I'm going to be? Some sort of psycho teenage mutant nymphomaniac, which (laughs) I would love to see a comic book of that superhero team. (laughs) That is so good. And she just spits it out so fast. It was so witty. I would have gotten so tongue tied on that line. I know. Like the way she delivers it is so good. Mind be all like just so good. So great at it. She also says, and this is just another like watching older media. She goes, I guess I'm going to be grounded until until the year 2000. And it's so weird watching old shows and them saying things like the year 2000, like it's some extravagant date in the future. Yep. And here we are in 2021. And I'm like, oh God, that was 20 years ago. Yep. It was so weird. Well, yeah, this episode aired 30 years ago. So think about that one. (laughs) (laughs) So they actually have this really good conversation. And then Nick says, you know what? You've proven yourself to me. If you want to go to Tyler, I'll allow it because I trust you. And then they have this cute little hug. So the scene ends with Nick, like trying to do the right thing and being like, fine, we're talking about teenage girl stuff. Anything you want to know about boys? <laughs> he goes, no. And he just has, has this dad response of, oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. She says you've been through enough. We, like, we don't need to talk about that now. <laughs> it was all good. <laughs> like he's had enough for the day. Yeah. So at that, we do a little doo 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 We come back to the present day with the girls having their sleepover. Six goes, you know what? We're going to need to remember this experience so that when our own daughters want to go to public school and be around boys, you know, we'll understand and we'll do the right thing. Then they have this beat and they go, nah, stupid. But that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that was that was a popular joke at that time, I think. It was. Yeah. But it's like two super independent girls. There's no universe where they grow up and they're like, no, you can't. No, they're going to raise super feminist daughters. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. So that is the episode. It was a little weird and a little disjointed, but we got to see a side of Blossom we wouldn't normally see. So do you want to do a lesson of the week now? Sure. All right. Tristan, guest host. What was your lesson of the week? Yeah. So I, I think I, I kind of talked to, touched on it a bit earlier, but kind of uh, what I got out of this was, um, you know, seeing Blossom as this like 
passive nonconformist. My, my lesson for the week was like, take risks and prove your point. You know, it's never going to, there's never a good time for conflict, you know, and, and without like taking risks yourself, no one else is going to believe that you can do it. For, for myself, I always find that like taking the risk, you know, is usually worth it if you're really confident and it's what you want to do. It's better than not doing anything and like kind of being bitter about it and uh, regretting it later. You know, what's that line? Um, yeah, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Blossom yeah. did both here. She asked for permission and then she just did it anyway and then <laughs> asked for forgiveness. And I think it's a good uh, a good lesson that, yeah, you know, people aren't going to know what's best for you all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Mallory. So mine was listen to your children, especially as they grow up. A lot of this was... Nick just kind of shutting down and deciding that he's the parent and he doesn't need to listen to what Blossom has to say. But, you know, she does she does know what's right for her and she's clearly thought this through. She's not just, you know, making a split decision of like, I want to be with my friends. Like she's, there's legit reasons why she wants to go to Tyler High. And if they had just had like an honest conversation, all of this could have been avoided, right? Like, you know, yeah. just just because they're children doesn't mean that they don't have thoughts or valid reasons and, you know, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, mine was actually pretty close to Tristan's. So mine was, you know, fight for the education or the future that you know you deserve. I'm actually in <laughs> TMI. I'm I'm trying to teach that to myself mm-hmm. right now. You know, being an artist is weird, yo. Yep. (laughs) And telling you, telling yourself that, you know, especially because Blossom was a musician as well. And that's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing she wanted. And it's tough going for that sort of thing and believing in yourself. So she goes for it and she does what she thinks she needs to do to make it happen. And I, I weirdly took something away from it this week. Yeah. So there you go. Right on. Yeah. So we haven't really talked about clothes at all. So I'm super curious for outfits of the week. Mallory. So the outfit I chose was Blossom's outfit on her first day at Tyler High. So she has this light blue long sleeve dress that kind of hits just below the knees. And on top of that is a light blue sleeveless dress with dark blue and purple flowers all over it. It's kind of like sheer. So you can see the blue dress underneath. Then she has white leggings and her black combat boots, which she seems to wear every episode. Mm -hmm. And she has her hair in two French braids and they're tied together with this light blue ribbon. Uh, which I thought was really pretty. So the silhouette is a little looser looser and baggier, but if this was taken in to be a little more structured, I would totally wear that today. Uh-huh. It has very cottagecore Laura Ingalls Wilder vibes. Yeah. I definitely got Little House on the Prairie from mm-hmm. it, but in a cute way. Yeah. Tristan, you want to talk about fashion? Uh, so this is the one thing that I knew about Blossom coming into the series that she couldn't dress herself. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. So, they couldn't dress herself, but has a unique fashion sense because you, you, Tristan, I, you remember how I dressed in high school. I was super weird. Yeah. And I can see, you know, you were so influenced by this show. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So, I think you just got burned. He married me. So he was like you. Yeah, I mean, the the thing I found interesting on this episode was uh, it made a lot more sense to me watching this, why she might dress this way. You know, there's a couple obvious things like, you know, growing up that a mom might not have like someone to help her understand fashion choices for women. Mm-hmm. But then seeing the like private school and like seeing her as this, again, for my lessons week, this passes nonconformist, like one way to lash out against having uniforms is to dress pretty adventurously outside mm-hmm. of that setting. And so that made a lot of sense. The outfit I picked was the dinner with dad. So the hat gag, you know, this prop gag was so good of just like the unrolling it and then pulling it down as she went under the table, mm-hmm. you know, but she's wearing this, this 
this hat and then she's got her vest collared shirt and like crossbody bag and like just sitting there she just sticks out like a sore thumb as soon as the scene starts and i'm just like does she pick a different outfit for dinner with dad every time or is this kind of the go-to you know <laughs> had, had me wondering but yeah i really like that hat gag and i thought that was a good use of of a costume here yeah for sure so mine was <laughs> I guess, predictably, we see six in the hallway. And the reason I picked it is because I would absolutely wear this now. And I think this would be super trendy now, what she's wearing. So you can wear the six outfit and I'll wear the blossom outfit. Ooh, cosplay! Cosplay! (laughs) You know I'm always looking for a cosplay. You need to have that scrunchie on the top of your head, like six too, though. Oh, hell yeah. I have the big hair for it. Yeah. (laughs) So six is wearing this kind of baggy, super cozy looking red sweater, but the knitwork on it has these raised red hearts all over it, which was super cute. And that was over top of sort of um, like just above the knee, black circle skirt, black tights, and she has knee high black boots. And of course the scrunchie on the top, like she always does. And I don't know, just something, it looked really, really cozy, Mm -hmm. but very chic at the same time. And that would absolutely be an Instagram fall look now. Like I would wear that today if I could, you know, hair would be different, but the outfit would be the same. Yeah, absolutely. So I always love to see what makes it into the modern day, you know? So I think the last thing we have to do is score this puppy. Tristan, I'm going to go back to you first out of five private school blazers. What do you oh. score this episode? Yeah, yeah. I give this a five out of five blazers. So I don't I don't watch a lot of sitcoms. I found this to be like a very excellent, fun, simple, like sitcom happy place. Plus, there was like two really amazing dream sequences in this for like uh for one episode. I thought it was uh between the zombies and the private school confrontation. I thought this was an excellent, excellent episode. Mm-hmm. Mal? So Knowing the rest of the season and the series, I gave this, let's go with a three. Mm-hmm. I probably would have liked Tristan liked this more if it was the first episode that I saw. But the character regression is, is a little jarring from what we've seen. You know, placing it at the end of the season didn't do it any favors. And I also found the Korean and Ecuadorian jokes were in poor taste. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I kind of feel the same way. So I had this at a two mm-hmm. just because of our experience with the rest oh, of the wow. show. But again, Tristan, hearing it from your perspective of kind of really seeing these characters for the first time, I agree. If this had been the actual pilot, I probably would have had it at a three. Yeah, I would have given it a higher score if, it, if we watched this one first. I just think it's interesting, um, you know, the fact that Blossom went to this very strict all girls school and not so much the fact that it's never talked about again, but. I I don't know. I feel like that would be a jarring mindset to go from that to public school. And we never see it have a lot of bearing on the only way I can see it having bearing on who she is from what we know is how giggly she is around boys, which that put that in perspective a lot for me. Oh, you're right. It does. Yeah. Now I understand why she's such a dink around boys because she doesn't know how to talk to them like literally doesn't know how to talk to them yeah so that would have informed a lot to me if it had been the actual pilot but because it is where it is i have it at a two yeah all right guys thank you for being here tristan thank you so much for stepping in Everybody out there, thank you for listening. Next week, we are going to listen to season one, episode 12. It is called Papa's Little Dividend. Get ready. It's a doozy. We will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. 
You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IamOpinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.